0: Hey, everyone. Do you love movies? Do you like betting? If you do, then Box Office Bets is the podcast for you. With Tom Cunningham and myself, Brian Ortega, we'll guide you through Oscar season with our breakdown of each Oscar contender and give you our projections based on what the betting market is saying about each Oscar race. Make sure to check us out every week as we focus on a specific movie and break down its best chances to win right here on Box Office Bets. Concierge Confidential, and I am your host, Brian Ortega. And we did it, guys. We made it through the first week of being live. And um, I have to say the response has been unbelievable. And um, I'm just really, really excited to kind of take you guys through more things that I know about the city and um, other little tips about traveling in general. So it doesn't have to just be about Las Vegas, but really that's what we're going to focus on for the most part. But really... I'm really excited to kind of get going on on what I really want to share with you guys. So today, we're actually going to go over some travel mistakes you might make when visiting our wonderful city, and also, I'm going to be counting down my favorite country bars in town, just because I am from Arizona, and I know a lot of the people listening, at least here in the beginning, are from my home state of Arizona, and Tucson, Arizona in particular. And that is one thing that everybody from Tucson really enjoys. It's country music. And actually, it's much harder to find country bars in the city of Las Vegas than you might think. So that's what I'm going to be covering today on Concierge Confidential. And here we go. All right. So um, I'm actually going to go through some of the travel mistakes that you may make when visiting our wonderful city. And I think this is actually very helpful just because... It's a very different city than other places where most places like, let's just say San Diego, Los Angeles, New York, you can kind of just roll through and there's so many things available and so many things are line up and just wait. Um, I mean, obviously there's a lot of places that have reservations you can make, of course, but especially LA, waiting in line is definitely part of sort of the culture there. There's so many places like Egg Slut, for example, which is to me personally, super, super not my thing, but I know that people love their sandwiches. So um, standing in line is definitely part of the experience. So I totally, totally get it. So a couple of things in town that'll actually make uh, some of your traveling a little bit easier, um, and I'm going to list them right now. So the number one thing I think that would make life so much easier for you guys um, is making reservations directly with the hotel, which I know for those of you that travel regularly, you have your websites like, uh, like Expedia, Travelocity, and these places certainly have uh, a much lower rate going in obviously, but there are some restrictions and I'm gonna explain to you from our side of the counter of why it actually makes it harder for you and for us when making reservations through a third party site. So for example, if you make your reservation through Expedia, they give you all the pricing, it's all there, Just note that they never include, very rarely do they include the resort fee that comes with staying in a hotel in Las Vegas. So, very different than some uh, some cities where that's the price. Obviously, they'll add the tax, of course. Uh, But in Las Vegas, very rarely did we ever see people who came and checked in to the front desk and then ended up at the concierge desk that they knew that there was going to be a resort fee, and then they get surprised. And then it's not a very fun experience for for anybody. So just know that typically sites like Wikipedia, sorry, excuse me, Expedia, Travelocity, different third-party sites, uh, they typically don't include that uh, resort fee, which can sometimes be up to 35 $36. So yeah, nobody likes the resort fees. I completely understand. But it's sort of part of the world we live in here in Las Vegas. So that's one aspect of... Making your reservation through a third-party site is that you don't really know the entire price when you get here. Um, another thing to note is that if you make your reservation on a third-party site, and let's just say that you make it for a two uh, two queens, and let's just say it's the run-of-the-house room, which is a sort of a very common level in MGM resorts, for example. That's what we call all of the most affordable rooms. Uh, those are. Those are locked in. So once you reserve a run of the house room, for example, or a room that has you know, uh, two queen or one king, you are locked into that. That is what it has to be. You, it's really hard for you to upgrade. It is possible, but it's really difficult for us to give you the same rate of an upgrade as somebody who booked directly with the hotel. Um, we'll definitely upgrade you for, for a price, for sure but it's actually very, very difficult for them to actually make that change. If you book directly with the hotel, and let's just say that it's a low occupancy day, we do have those rooms available. So for example, you have a two, uh, two queen, There's n- you, let's just say it's not a view, like you booked it, no view, because definitely most places will offer a view room at a elevated price. If you come in and say, hey, you know, if you have a, ho- a room with the view, are you able to help me out? If it's a low occupancy day and they have it available and you're nice, they will certainly see if they can do it for you. Obviously, it depends on the person and if it is complimentary, then awesome. You should certainly tip the front front desk agent for doing that and then you go on your way. But that's if you book directly with the hotel. When you book directly with the hotel, we have so much more flexibility on what we can do for you the guest. So just keep that in mind. If you book directly with the hotel on their website, on the phone, either of those ways, and then they're able to do all these different things. So it's not guaranteed, but it makes it so much easier if you book directly with the hotel. And then the other good thing about that is that you know the complete price going in. So they will always list what the resort fees are. It'll always be sort of baked into the price. Um, So just keep that in mind when booking directly with the hotel. Um, so yes it might be a little bit more expensive but it gives you so much more flexibility on what you can do also in terms of early check-in if you're able to do early check-in it's usually through directly with the hotel uh, sometimes you don't have to pay extra sometimes we don't we have the uh, occupancy or the low occupancy where we can accommodate and you can check in early for free um, a lot of times if you book through a third-party website uh, you can, Ad, you have to ask for it at the price of the time, and uh, sometimes it's it's not necessary. So really, making a reservation directly through the hotel will always help you in the long run, especially if you want to make any changes. And that actually kind of leads me into the second, uh, not travel mistake, but sort of a travel tip, is that if you are looking to do any upgrades or any uh, complimentary, complimentary upgrades, obviously, um, or anything of that nature, or if you're willing to upgrade for a price, uh, it's always best to go directly to the front desk agent. So I do totally understand that sometimes this is a very long process, especially when you have to wait in a line for sometimes 30, sometimes 40 minutes, which is actually terrible. Completely understand. I've seen lines at MGM Grand where we actually, as the concierge, were are in a totally different part of the hotel um, now they're, they're back to the front desk. But back when I was working there, we actually didn't even see the front desk. We were actually kind of like in a corner next to the uh, elevators. And if it was super busy for them, they would actually grab a couple of us, take us out. They would call us uh, green shirts. Uh, that's the term we gave for people who really just handed out water and directed traffic. And we had to go out there, Uh, we had to go out to the front desk, we had to sort of direct people hand out water, try to be as courteous as possible, answer any questions that they may have. And it honestly sounds super easy, like a super easy way to spend a day, it is actually not so um, I definitely have to give, uh, take my hat off to the front desk agents who had to check through sometimes 1000s of people in one day, which is quite a normal thing, especially for a hotel that has such a high volume of guests coming in and out as MGM Grand did. So um, I know checking in in with a real person can sometimes take a very, very long time. But when you check in with an actual person, you do get a little bit more flexibility because you are dealing with a human. So they're able to sort of hear your concerns or hear like, hey, I need a room closer to the elevator because I have a mother, or a grandmother, or, um, a grandfather that can't walk super far, and for MGM Grand we had over five that we have over five thousand rooms. So if you're stuck on the very end of a wing, it is a very very long walk back to the center part of the hotel, which is where the elevators were. So I would definitely recommend if you or anybody in your group has those special needs that you certainly check in with a live person. So they guarantee, somewhat guarantee that you can get a closer room to, uh, the elevators for any of those issues. Um, also, if you want to upgrade your room, there's always ways to do it. Does the $20, does the $20, uh, trick work sometimes certainly depends on what hotel you're at. Depends on the weekend, depends on occupancy. It's sort of a lot of things, but the front desk agents really do have a lot of power in terms of what they can and cannot do. So again, it just depends if they have the availability. But if I, for example, I went with uh, my 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 cousin for his 21st birthday, sorry, for his um, uh, bachelor party. And when we got there, uh, we, de- well, yeah, this was a bachelor party. I had to remember what it was for. So we were staying at the Palazzo or Venetian. We won't say which one, but we got there, talked to the front desk. Um, We gave her a tip in the beginning. This is also the thing. If you give people money in the beginning of the transaction, much harder for them to do absolutely nothing. So that is definitely a really good tip to remember. Again, you should probably have some disposable income, but really if you give anybody $20 in Las Vegas, they can typically do something for you. So 20 bucks is the threshold to get something done in town. So keep that in mind. But if you give somebody money at the beginning of a transaction, it is very hard for them to do absolutely nothing. So we asked for either a view or something on a higher floor, something like that. And this is the way the transaction went. So we get there, we're checking in, doing the whole bit. And then I said, is there anything you know, on a higher floor. Is there, you know, like a suite available? Something of that nature. Um, and I believe I just did the higher, the higher floor or the view. I definitely did the view. So she says, "Oh, I don't know if we have anything available." And then just gave her the twenty, straight it, straight up. Just gave her twenty. It's like, you know, thank you, appreciate everything you're doing. A couple clicks goes by on the computer, and she says, "Well, actually." This room opened up, I think I could put you guys in this one. Boom, and then it worked. So like I said, it's very hard for them to do nothing. I also have a personal uh, story about this. So there was this time that someone walked up. This was right before Memorial Day, uh, and this was a Thursday. And on this Thursday, uh, we booked cabanas, just letting you know. Concierge booking cabanas, all we can do is book the cabana. We can see how many is available. That's it. We are not able to move cabanas. We're not able to open up cabanas. We're not to kick people out of cabanas. All we can do is sell the cabana. So this gentleman walks up. He lets me know, hey, I want a cabana for my family on Saturday, Memorial Day, two days away. So this is actually a little bit difficult sometimes. So this is part of the the salesman kicking in. So I'll say he gives me the $100. So he actually gave me a $100 tip. He gave me $100 at the beginning of the transaction and said, see what you can can do. And you don't know how nervous I got going into this transaction. So there we go. I say, I'll see what I can do. Great way to do it. So I'll say, I'll see what I can do. So just so you know, left the 100 on the table. So that's typically what we'll do in the industry. If we don't know if we can do it, we typically keep the money on the table because then that means it's in limbo. We don't know. It's not mine. It's not technically yours. It actually still is yours, but we're still trying to figure it out. So we want to make sure we get a service done before we take any gratuity. That's number one. So I look it up. We actually had three or four cabanas available. So then I tell them, well, I'll see what I can do. Here we go. I think I got something. Let me just try to open this up. And then i had i actually had six cabanas available which was mind-boggling to me so six cabanas available i say oh looks like i have one available it's going to be 1400 bucks i believe that was the price i think it was 1400 bucks it was actually quite a large amount but for memorial day that's typically very common just because they do a food and beverage men and that's for the entire day i say the price he says yep i could do that and then boom we booked it so I booked it. So I was super excited because when anybody gives you money in the beginning, it really puts pressure on you to deliver. And most of the time we're able to move things around, ask for a favor. In that case, I knew I wasn't going to be able to get a favor from the pool. They're usually very strict on their numbers and that's what I had. So I was super excited and elated to actually get that done for a guest. So remember, if you check in with a live person or do anything in person in general, much uh it's a much better chance of you getting something done than doing it online so if you do mobile check-in mobile check-in is great especially if you have you know you just you just need the room that's probably the best way to go it's the fastest way to go you can get it done they usually send you an email 24 hours before you get your email check in then so when you get to the hotel you're able to just get your keys and go to your room easy as that very very simple so um kind of going through another one is do a little bit of research before you get here, just a little bit. So we understand it's a vacation. You don't want to have to plan every aspect of your vacation, but at least have an idea of something that you want to do. You don't even have to book the tickets before you get here. Uh, me, I'm a little bit, I'm wired a little differently. Whenever I travel, I always like to book the ticket before I go because then it means I have something to do while I'm there. So for example, when I go to New York, if, when I go to New York, I don't go that often, but when I do go to New York, if I'm going to go see a Broadway show, I always book the ticket before I get there, just because I'm very particular of where I want to sit in a Broadway show, I'm very particular of when I want to go, so that's typically my thing, so I always recommend you do that beforehand, but if you don't, at least have an idea of what you want to do, you want to see a show, you want to go to dinner, Do you want to go to a night's game? Do you want to go to a Raiders game? Those are a couple of things you should probably know beforehand, just so you have an idea of what you need to do when you get here. So I always get really, really excited on planning things. Some people don't. Some people don't have the time in their day to actually do these plannings. So I would always recommend do a little bit of research of something you want to do when you get here so that when you walk to the concierge, you have a little bit of a plan. So we always wanted a little bit of a plan so we can kind of jumpstart from there. Cause starting from zero is always tough. It makes you spend a little bit more time at the concierge than you actually want to, but we always do, I think a pretty good job of figuring out what, uh, what to do for you while you're here on vacation. So, Having no plan is not always good, but having a little bit of a plan is good, which actually leads me into my last thing is that when you come to Vegas, it can be an extremely overwhelming experience, especially with so much gaming around and it's a good way to spend a lot of money very, very quickly. And then what do you do with the rest of your day? So I always tell everybody to always have one thing that you have to do or to meet up with um, for that day. So if you're with your significant other, at least have like a dinner planned, or at least have a lunch plan, because that makes you actually break up your day during your vacation. Just because it's very different than like traveling to to San Diego or Los Angeles or New York, where traveling to the destination actually takes up a bit of time. Um, here in Vegas, everything is so condensed and so close together that traveling from, for example, the Bellagio to Caesar's palace does not take that long. So typically it is good to have something to break up the day. So I always tell people you should probably go to breakfast. should sort of jumpstart your day. It's a good way to actually naturally plan the day because you're sitting, you're eating breakfast, and then you can go from there. Um, You don't necessarily have to do a lunch. You can always do something light. We have a lot of places popping up, especially at Aria Cosmopolitan, um, over at Resorts World, they have a lot of sort of food court sort of uh, stands. And again, when I say food court, this is very much a simplified version of what they are trying to do. It's very elevated, uh, very um, sort of Thailand, uh, sort of a Thailand-based um, food market is kind of what they're looking for. Um, so it's a way for them to jam in a lot of different types of cuisines for a lot of different uh, taste palates. So I think that's a good thing to sort of keep it light, maybe. The middle of the day and then have a dinner, so it doesn't have to be an expensive dinner. They have a lot of different uh, casual restaurants, quick, fast dining. Uh, Holstein's is one of my favorite restaurants that actually does burgers and shakes, and this is at the Cosmopolitan, but it still feels a little bit elevated, so you can do that. Um, They also have uh, uh, used to be called Blondie's over at the Planet Hollywood. Uh, That was a really good place to go, especially if you were just wanting to watch the games and just sort of relax have like maybe some wings. It's not a bad spot. So um, it doesn't have to be a super elevated fine dining thing to do, but definitely plan your dinners. Um, I think dinner is always a really good way to sort of break up the night, sort of slow yourself down. It makes you, this is sort of the whole thing about it is that let's just say you've been doing stuff all day. You went to a day club, you went, you're gambling all day. You watch the football games all day. And then you have to tell yourself, oh, I have to go to dinner at this time, which typically means that you have to go back to the room, you have to take a shower, sort of recollect, get ready for the night, reset, and then go out. So I always recommend you have maybe a dinner. It doesn't have to be fancy, but it will take up some part of your night. You at least know your money is going to that specifically, and then you can continue on with your evening. And then the night is however you want to spend your night. So always recommend having somewhat of a plan and somewhat of a meeting spot for a group or your significant other while you're in town just because that will actually help you spend your money a little bit smarter throughout the day or at least give you time to take a break because sometimes especially in Vegas you need a break from all the glitz and uh, energy going on so that's something that I really want you guys to sort of leave here knowing is you're on vacation but sometimes having a plan will actually help you enjoy your com- uh, vac- vacation even more. So that was my travel mistakes that you may or may not make coming into Las Vegas. And hopefully that was helpful. So coming up next will be my ranking of my favorite country bars in Las Vegas. Stay tuned. It's the country bar episode. So I'm super excited. I had this idea while I was talking to my cousin and my friend Bird. Um... Family, friends, obviously, and gave me this idea. So, um, I definitely want to cover a lot of different bars on this podcast, because there's so many different types. You can go to a cocktail bar, you can go to a lobby bar, which is actually a really kind of funny. Uh, it's a really funny sort of category in in Las Vegas. Uh, they also have, again, country bars, of course. Then they have bars with views. So, I really want to cover all these different things. Um, hopefully I'll have Diana Morphin back on to actually rank some of our favorites just because we, it's not because we drink, it's actually because we really enjoy atmosphere and we like trying different drinks and it's a whole vibe as, as the kids would say. So I really want to cover all these different types. So I kind of broke this one up because I think this is one that I can cover really well just because I have been to most of these country country bars. I've actually been to all of these country bars. So this is my top five list, starting with number five. I will work my way up to number one, which would be my favorite, of course. So number five, um, anywhere at South Point Hotel and Casino. So this is kind of an odd one because it is not technically on the Strip. It is on Las Vegas Boulevard, but further, further south. Um, at the South Point. South Point is actually a country-themed hotel, um, especially when we have a lot of the country events. We have the Native American Rodeo. Uh, we also have the uh, team roping championships during NFR. NFR, that place is jumping at NFR. NFR's National Finals Rodeo, for those of you not uh, not into in, in tune with the vernacular of us rodeo fans. So anyways, South Point, any bar there is a good country bar, especially during the national finals rodeo. So just keep that in mind. You can go anywhere at South point. They have a bunch of different bars. They have the crown Royal bar. They typically have, uh, there's actually good, good information. They typically will have in the sports book, the national finals rodeo with sound, which is a huge deal for, uh, for all the, all the national finals rodeo fans. Because so when I worked at uh, MGM, they would always ask us, where can I watch the National Finals Rodeo? And we actually would put it in every single uh, every single TV, as long as there wasn't football on, we would put it on every single TV in the hotel. But the problem is, is sometimes it would not have sound. And the thing is, with rodeo fans, they want sound. So typically, anywhere at South Point will have sound for the National Finals Rodeo. So that's number five. Pretty, Pretty easy, pretty simple. So number four. And this is definitely a personal preference type of thing. Uh, this uh, this bar is actually closer to the Strip, but actually not right on Las Vegas Boulevard, or it actually is on Las Vegas Boulevard, but not the technical strip. But Stoney's Rockin' Country at Town Square, this is definitely more of a local spot. Um, it'll definitely phase maybe a little bit younger, definitely people in their 20s, um, just because the type of music that they play, it's a lot of line dancing music. So the reason that this one was ranked fourth on my list was I am not a huge line dancing fan. Typically with line dancing music, it is uh, very specific. And I would definitely say that I am more of a let's listen to music and sort of drink my problems away. Um, And that's typically not line dance music. Line dance music is typically a little bit more upbeat, very fun, and that's completely okay. But not my thing. I like two steps. That's my thing. But Stoney's is great if you want a younger demographic. So let's just say you're, you are you yourself, you're 25, 24, 23. This is a great place. It's also a really good singles bar just because they do do a lot of line dancing. They have a great ladies night on Thursdays. Um, they typically have line dancing lessons. Typically earlier in the day, I believe it's usually around 6, you can find line dancing lessons and then use that in the bar later. So they do that. They also have a mechanical bull, which is a requirement for every bar in Las Vegas to have a mechanical bull. Um, yes, on ladies nights, they do have a bikini night for when they do their bikini, uh, bikini, uh, mechanical bull contest. Yes, you do get to keep the bikini if you are in the contest so that is very important knowledge to know that going in. But They typically do a dollar, $2 uh, drinks for ladies on ladies night, which is actually a big thing. Uh, Just know, I would not recommend going on Fridays. So if you are over the age of 21, uh, Fridays is their 18 and overnight. So that would probably not be uh, um, attractive to you just because again, it's going to be a lot of people and in Las Vegas, not a lot of 18 and up uh, lounges or bars, things like that to go to. So Would highly recommend maybe skipping on the on the Fridays, but any other day of the week, really not bad. So highly recommend uh, Stoney's Rockin' Country. Um, I would also recommend now we get on to the Strip, Loser, the Loser's Bar at MGM Grand. Uh, Loser's definitely one of the smaller bars on this list, uh, but they typically have live music on the weekends. It's usually very Nashville oriented because Loser's actually has a sister bar in Nashville. They usually have live acts, and they have great screens for any of the games that you might want to be watching on Saturday or Sunday. Again, not a huge space, but they actually do have cider. My brother really appreciates that they have the good cider there, uh, hard ciders. And uh, it's a very chill bar. They have plastic cups. That's how you know it's a really good country bar is that they have plastic cups. But uh, other than that, I would definitely recommend Losers at the MGM Grand. Great, great spot. Uh, to visit while you're in town. So now we get to the big two. And the thing is, is that the next one is actually quite a new place on the list. Um, it's only been open for about two years now, ever since the hotel's been open. And that is the Doghouse Saloon at uh, Resorts World. So this place has live music every weekend, which is fantastic. This actually doubles as their sports book. So if there is uh, an event or a game that goes late, Typically, the main stage has a big screen in front of it. So if they don't have a live act, that's what's going to be going on. But typically later in the evenings, they will almost always have live music. And it's typically always country music. They also have a great space for dancing. You can just walk up. There's no cover for any of this. I forgot to mention for Stonies, there typically is a cover. So just keep that in mind when you go to Stonies. very much a sort of honky-tonk uh, style, style place. But Doghouse Saloon... Right off the main entrance at Resorts World when you're coming off the valet, Um, they have a great big bar right in the front. So it's great to just sit down. I've never been able to not get a seat there. You can sit there, watch the music, have a drink. It's really good. Um, They also have tables. The tables typically require you to have a minimum or drink at least while you're at those tables. So those tables are usually scattered about um, in the bar but highly recommend Doghouse Saloon at Resorts World. It's really a new spot, but highly recommend it. So I would really uh, say that uh, making a stop over at Resorts World for um, any country music uh, stuff, I would recommend going there. It's also Carrie Underwood performs, so just keep that in mind. So if you go on a night that Carrie Underwood's there, it will be packed at the Doghouse. So again, Doghouse is ranked number two on this country bar list. And then uh, last one, by the way, update. Uh, You should probably know that the PBR Rock Bar, for those of you from Tucson, um, I know that you guys really enjoyed going to the PBR Rock Bar when the Arizona Wildcats were here for March Madness, or sorry, for the Pac-12 tournament. It is no longer here. So just keep that in mind when you're coming back in uh, late, uh, early March for the Pac-12 tournament again. You will have to find a new home base. So no longer do they have the PBR Rock Bar at the Planet Hollywood. So, so sorry to give you that, you know, very disappointing news, I know. So, as and it was also pretty good, pretty good country bar. So moving on to the number one list, number one spot on the list. It is my favorite, and it's been my favorite for a very long time just because it ticks all the boxes of what I consider a good country bar, and that is gillies at treasure island so gillies at treasure island is absolutely fantastic uh they typically don't have a cover till much later in the evening um they do have a restaurant connected to it as well of course pretty good barbecue it actually has a really good view of the strip and the venetian palazzo when you sit in the restaurant but the actual honky tonk is what i'm going to talk about today and they're absolutely fantastic they used to have karaoke back in the day um i had a couple drunken nights there with my brother and uh Rode the mechanical bull, of course, a couple times. Um, I tried to be like John Travolta in uh, *Urban Cowboy*. Uh, they had a competition one night. I did not win, so unfortunately, I wasn't uh, wasn't as flexible as as John was. But um, they do have a great dance floor. They have really great places to sit. They have really funny uh, chairs around the bar, which are typically uh, they look like uh, saddles for a horse. Um, they have great drink specials, really fantastic drink specials at uh, Gillies. Really affordable drinks. Um, just keep that in mind. For Doghouse, they are definitely strip prices at Doghouse. The the one I just mentioned, uh, they're typically going to be around eight, nine dollars a beer. When you go over to Gillies, very very approachable pricing. I think I I want to say they're around six bucks for a beer, which that's normal in Vegas. So just so you, those of you who think, wow, that's still expensive that's very approachable for here in town. So also their mixed drinks, very approachable prices. They're definitely going to be around, you know, 9, maybe 8-9 bucks, which is um I went to Mayfair Supper Club a couple weeks ago, obviously, that shout out first episode, but I got a old fashioned there and that ran me $22. So, if you're wondering how expensive a drink could be in Las Vegas, that's how expensive it can be. So just know that when we're talking about pricing, especially on this pod, you have to take price with, you know, add a couple dollars to it, especially when you're in town. But anyways, so back to Gillies, great live music on the weekends. They typically have really good DJs when it is just regular country music throughout the night. They play good sort of 90s country, early 2000s, good two-stepping music. Um, They'll always have uh, the Gillies girls walking around, which is always, which is really, really a good time, but highly recommend Gillies. It's always packed in a good way. Definitely. um, Every time I'm there, they also have great locals nights on Sundays. Sundays are typically their locals days where they have uh, drink specials for locals. Highly recommend going to Gillies on Sunday nights, of course. So that is my list. So let's run down it really quick. So number five, Anywhere at South Point during the National Finals Rodeo, and in general, if you're here during the National Finals Rodeo, you can go to literally any bar and find them talking about country, playing country music. We definitely turn cowboy during uh, December, December months, very early weeks in December. Number four, Stony's Rockin' Country. It's a good singles bar. It's also a really good bar for line dancing. And if you don't know how to line dance, yes, they will kick you out, at least of the dance floor, of course. Plenty of drinks to have around the bar. Number three, Loser's Bar at MGM Grand. Number two, the Doghouse Saloon at Resorts World. It may be creeping up on the number one spot, but right now, Gillies over at the Treasure Island is my number one pick for my favorite country bars here in the city of Las Vegas. So we made it through another pod. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully we'll come back next week and we'll have maybe another bar list, maybe a restaurant ranking. Who knows? Stay tuned. And this is Concierge Confidential.